What is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. On today's show, tomorrow is officially SEC game day, kind of, as Vanderbilt gets things started for the SEC. What can we expect in their opener against Hawaii? We'll discuss it with Andrew Allegretta, the voice of the Commodores. Also, we're going to catch up with Vandy linebacker Anthony Orgy as he's looking to have a monster senior season tackling guys in the SEC, and we'll go around the conference. Any clarity on the Auburn starting quarterback or Alabama starting corners? Also, who to keep an eye on at LSU, Florida, who's making noise? Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this year with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it is where the game starts. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. And we start over at Alabama as Nick Saban still doesn't know who his starting cornerbacks are going to be as Alabama kicks off in a week against Utah State. Saban told reporters this week there are four or five guys vying for those starting spots. He said there's a lot of competition. Can't tell you who the starters are, but we can take a look and try to guess, right? Obviously, they lose Jalen Armour Davis, Josh Job. Saban will have some leaders there like Kool-Aid McKinstry, who you think is going to lock down one of those spots. And the other spot, it's really a battle between Kyrie Jackson and Eli Ricks. Now, Eli Ricks has been banged up. Some reports maybe he was having trouble adjusting to the new scheme coming over from LSU, adjusting to the Alabama playbook. They also have redshirt freshman Terry and Arnold as well. Saban added, hopefully the competition is making those guys better. So, we expect Eli Ricks is going to play a lot of football for LSU or for Alabama this year. The question is, will he start at that corner spot opposite Kool-Aid McKinstry? We will see. Now, as for wide receivers, Kobe Prentice making a lot of noise. The true freshman did not enroll for the spring semester like a lot of Alabama's recruiting class did, but he's had a great training camp according to On3 Sports. Saban said, I think he's shown promise with his quickness playing in the slot. I think his opportunities have increased since JoJo Earl got hurt. And he's taking advantage of that. Now, the other guy that everybody is hoping, uh, or Alabama fans are hoping, has a big year, the Louisville transfer, Tyler Harrell. Uh, one roadblock staying in his way. He missed train, uh, time at training camp with a sprained foot. Nick Saban said, first of all, he had a sprained foot for a while, so he wasn't able to practice all the time. But now probably the last scrimmage in this week, he's starting to get more reps. I think he's starting to get more confident. I do think he's a guy that, because of his speed, can help us. I think he's got to continue to make progress, and we're certainly working with him, and he's had a great attitude about doing it. Uh, Harrell was a star for Louisville last year with over 500 receiving yards and six touchdowns, leading receiver on the team in that category. So he will join Georgia transfer Jermaine Burton, along with, uh, of course, Kobe Prentice and other guys there, Trayshawn Holden and others as well, trying to make a name at that wide receiver spot for Alabama. Meanwhile, over at Arkansas, Defensive lineman Taylor Lewis has reportedly entered the transfer portal. He was a JUCO transfer who originally joined the team over the summer. Got his JUCO start at the College of the Canyons in California. 
He was highly sought after when he took the leap from JUCO, selected Arkansas over the likes of Auburn and others, so we'll see where he ends up. Meanwhile, Georgia football, they uh, could have the best defense or had the best defense in college football last year and uh, coming off their national championship title. How are they going to replace that production? Well, ESPN's Pete Thamel appearing on the Paul Feinbaum show said, with the depth that Georgia lost, if they can roll it back and be a top five team again, then Kirby has recreated Alabama, essentially. There was a lot of talk in, you know, is Georgia on the same level of Alabama in terms of program? Obviously, they had the one-off, and they did it this past year winning the title. But keep in mind, LSU won a title just three years ago in 2019 and had a dramatic drop-off. Now, Kirby's recruited very well. Not to say Coach O didn't in his time at LSU. But Georgia fancies themselves as more reloading, not never having to go through a rebuild, which is what Alabama does. They reload. They don't rebuild. So the question is, can Georgia do that this year, find themselves winning the East again, getting back into the playoff hunt? True test will come this year. Some people say championship hangover maybe hits some teams. I don't think that's going to happen with Georgia, but we'll watch as this season plays out. Meanwhile, over at Tennessee, Hendon Hooker turned out to be an ideal match with Josh Heupel coming in at the right time. Hendon Hooker says Josh Heupel is the best football coach in the country. A little biased because it's his coach, but he says, look, from day one, coach came in with an attitude of we want to win ball games, and that's what I'm here to do as well as be aggressive. What I mean is go out there and try to dominate. That's what I try to do when I approach the field and play like it's my last. Heupel has uh, Tennessee trending in the right direction, of course. 2022 going to be one of those big years. Can they take that next step in the SEC East and Maybe compete for an East title. It's been a long time since Tennessee's been to Atlanta representing in the SEC championship game. Meanwhile, Tom Hart uh, appearing on multiple talk shows this week talking about uh, his thoughts on the SEC this year and uh, obviously doing the SEC Network games again with Cole Kublik and Jordan Rogers. And according to Tennessean, Tom Hart thinks the two best dark horse picks to make it to Atlanta this year are Kentucky and Tennessee. So there you go. It goes right in hand in hand with our topic of uh, from Tennessee. Can they get back to Atlanta? And of course, Kentucky. They're going to be without Chris Rodriguez for a couple weeks. How much will that matter? And does Will Levis take that next step in his development? Meanwhile, over at Ole Miss, they're going to look a lot different. A lot of new names on that roster. One of their offseason acquisitions was former Louisville wide receiver Jordan Watkins, who faced Ole Miss around a year ago at this time. Uh, His versatility is something he uses to his advantage and is an element he believes is going to help him long-term. Watkins told On3 Sports, coming out of high school, I kind of think I saw myself as a Swiss Army knife, kind of somebody who can do a little bit of everything, play outside, play the slot. I've been kind of everywhere at practice uh, since I've been here. If you need me to go to the backfield, I'll go play running back. If you need me to play tight end, I'll go play tight end. So it'll be interesting to see how Ole Miss utilizes Jordan Watkins. Meanwhile, over at Florida, Athletic Director Scott Strickland said, University of Georgia seems committed on continuing the annual rivalry game in Jacksonville past their current contract. He said, my counterpart at the University of Georgia, Josh Brooks, seems committed to keeping the game in Jacksonville based on our conversations because of the tradition and the fact that the schools benefit financially from having the game there in Jacksonville. The current contract for the cocktail party expires after the 2023 season. Now, Caleb Douglas is a guy who was a three-star recruit when he got to Florida, but Billy Napier is noticing some flashes out of him throughout their scrimmages. He said, I think we're excited about Caleb's upside. This guy is six foot three, maybe some change, weighs close to 200 pounds. He's got some unique traits. 
I think the things that are required to play receiver, receiver, he is making progress. Gators have a nice receiving core this year, led by their junior big body, Justin Shorter. Over at Texas A&M, high hopes for Jimbo Fisher, and ESPN's David Pollock says Jimbo Fisher has not had talent like this like he has now. There's a difference when you stack two top three classes on top of each other and the number one class in the country the year after. Every coach in America will tell you that's the kind of that's kind of hard to screw up. It's kind of hard to screw up that grade of talent. Look at Kirby. Look at Nick. Look at Dabo. Consistently, they're great coaches. Don't get me wrong. It ain't like they're missing with their talent year, <clears throat> year after year after year. So, high praise there from David Pollock and high expectations for Jimbo Fisher. Continue at Texas A&M. Meanwhile, over at LSU, Malik Neighbors, a name that is uh, a guy who's making a name for himself outside of their wide receiver, Kayshawn Booty. Neighbors coming off a solid freshman year, 28 catches for 417 yards and four four touchdowns, and he's been one of their standout performers throughout training camp. A lot of people think he can be one of the next big names at wide receiver at LSU. And lastly, over at South Carolina, we know that uh, Shane Beamer and company They've got a big, uh, a big issue on their hands. Sir Big Spur, their uh, on-campus uh, mascot, his name has expired, and the university has decided to pick a new name. The university's legal team advised against using the old name Big Spur. So their marketing director looking for suggestions for the new name for Sir Big Spur. If you got a suggestion, reach out to uh, South Carolina and let them know. There's some out there on social media. You can check them out. Lastly... Vanderbilt, we're getting you set for Vandy at Hawaii this weekend. They're an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm giving you our pick right now. We're taking Vandy minus the points. We're all jumping on the Commodore bandwagon this weekend. Vandy minus eight-and-a-half. Let's roll into week zero. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we're going to talk with the voice of the Commodores, Andrew Allegretta, and get a little bit of a scouting report for uh, week zero Vandy at Hawaii. But first, I want to remind you, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way for you to check out all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games, and that is BetOnline. And of course, they're giving you that line right there, Vandy, uh, minus eight and a half. And again, when do we ever take Vandy over a touchdown uh, favorite? Rarely ever, but I think this is a case where, uh, as we'll talk with Andrew Allegretta here in just a second, I think you jump on it. And BetOnline is the one that's giving you those lines. They'll have you covered with all the lines for week one of the SEC next week as well. They continue to be your top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, podcasts. Head on over to BetOnline today. You can do so on your mobile device. Learn all about the action happening today. It is BetOnline, and it is where the game starts. Run along here on Locked On SEC and getting you guys ready for the start of the college football season. And Vanderbilt going to be one of the first teams from the SEC to get things underway, albeit far from home. They're going out to Hawaii to start their season playing uh, Hawaii out there in Hawaii. And one guy that I think is just uh, absolutely miserable about having to make this trip uh, to just a, a despicable place like Hawaii. That's Andrew Allegretta. He is the voice of the Vanderbilt Commodores, and he joins us now. Andrew, what's going on, man? I'm good. Uh, thanks for the invite, Chris. If you want, if you want, I can make uh, the Hawaii trip seem less interesting. <laughs> Because, because, because we just did it with baseball back in March. Uh, We stayed on Waikiki Beach, which is the famous beach. Uh, You can see Diamond Head, that whole bit. Uh, But when you walk out from your hotel, 
all of the stores that you see are the Cheesecake Factory is a Tesla store. It, you, it might as well be uh, Green Hills here in Nashville. So it's a 10-hour flight to eat at the same restaurant you could have 10 minutes down the road. So, I, you know, I'm just saying, if you want, I can make it seem more mundane than it actually is. Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, the prices on things a little bit higher there from what I understand, too. So there's that factor, but, um, you know... Yeah. For sure, a Mai Tai runs just seventy-five dollars. <laughs> I have some friends who work with Memphis, and they were telling me, you know, when they went out there for the bowl game, it was like the greatest thing ever. Hawaii had to pull out of the game due to COVID issues. <laughs> yeah, so it was just it was a vacation in Hawaii. All of a sudden, that's not a bad go. But it's a really cool trip. Waikiki Beach, yes, has become hyper commercialized. Having said that, I mean it's still Waikiki Beach. The beach is fantastic. Um, Hawaii was very, very hospitable uh, during baseball, so I'm excited to go back uh, and and do the same thing here with football. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this game, and again, you know, excited to see you know Vanderbilt of all schools to get the, the SEC season underway. Let's start here, Andrew. You, you came to Vandy a little over a year ago. You got to see the start of the Clark Lee era, and, and look, obviously, everybody knows how difficult year one was, and everything we're hearing now is. There's a little bit of a different vibe here in year two, that there is definitely improvement all around the program. What have you seen so far since the start of fall camp and just what you're hearing around Vanderbilt heading into this football season? Well, there's been a lot of improvements. Um, I don't know how it translates, quite frankly, in terms of the wins and loss columns this year. And I think Clark Lee would admit the same thing. The first thing that you notice is a talent upgrade. Um, do we have the Georgia roster at the moment? Of course not. Georgia and Alabama have that roster. Uh, not even Tennessee, Florida, South Carolina, Missouri, us, anybody has that roster. But we do have more playmakers that have grown uh, since the beginning of the Clark Lee era. Um, we had a wide receiver by the name of Will Shepard last year who had a good season. I think he's poised to become more um, of a regular name across the league rather than just internally here at Vanderbilt. Um, I think we've seen some really nice improvements in the running back room. Uh, we've got depth there. Uh, Ray Davis is kind of our lead running back, a transfer from Temple that's very, very talented, but we've got some younger guys behind him. And, and I just think there's playmakers, especially in this younger crop of freshmen that, you know, whether or not they make uh, stand out all SEC teams by the end of this season, certainly have the chance in the next couple of years to be like, wow, uh, Vanderbilt really found some guys in that 2022 recruiting class. I think that's the first thing you notice. And, the, and then second, long overdue. And I know we get banged about it, uh, but the facilities are just dr dramatically getting ramped up. They're not there yet, but we've got uh, just a bucket load of money that we're spending to upgrade the stadium, build a practice facility, um, and make us make us in the conversation with the rest of the SEC schools in terms of how facilities should be run. So uh, there, there's plenty of energy from the football program. Again, it, it's going to be a slow build, a slow burn here, uh, but, but we've, got the, we've got the wheels moving. So that's the right step, Chris. I was so impressed with, with Mike Wright, both at, at SEC Media Days, and I got to see him a little bit at the Manning Passing Academy, and just seems like a kid who who is poised to be a great leader. Uh, obviously, times on the football field, you see him using his running ability. He's versatile. He's able to keep plays alive. Uh, what have you seen out of Mike Wright that makes you think, okay, maybe he can take his game to, the, to another level this year? Well, first off, he's a charismatic leader, uh, as you alluded to. I think everybody on the team – wants to play for Mike. Uh, and I think uh, he gets along well with everybody and he says and does the right things. 
Uh, he's got the athleticism to be um, wickedly dynamic with his legs out of practice earlier today. We're recording this on a Tuesday. Uh, I mean, he broke off a couple of huge chunk runs. He did that in the spring game. He did that a couple of times last year. Um, he's got that level of athleticism. His passing has got to continue to improve, and the offensive coaching staff, I think they're doing this, has to be smart with how they use him. He's not going to be a drop-back, three, five, seven-step guy that reads the defense, picks it apart, moves the chains, etc. They're going to have to do it in, in, in different ways. Now, I, I, think he, I think he can have his moments where he does that, right? Um, and he needs to have just enough of those moments to allow his legs to truly be a factor. Uh, I mean, it's, it's no secret, right? If you're talking about a one-dimensional quarterback in this league, you're going to get pulverized. So he's going to have to show that. They're going to have to scheme game plans for him. And I, I think they, having gone through an offseason with the idea that Mike is probably going to give them the best chance to be successful, that gives them the runway to game plan for him practice with him and establish that comfort level to make him the best version of himself as a starting quarterback. Again, he's, he's not going to be uh, Stetson Bennett or whatever. Um, he's not going to be certainly a Joe Burrow from a couple of years ago. Uh, but I think they have a better grasp on how to make his skill set work efficiently. We saw Coach Lee put together a really good recruiting class this last go. Uh, already some of those freshmen turning some heads. I know people I've talked to said Daniel Martin has looked good. Uh, and also added some guys through the portal. You know, when you get a linebacker from Clemson like Kane Patterson, I know he's a guy that people were talking about. Any of the new additions, whether freshmen or transfers, stood out to you so far? I think those two names are certainly two to think about. Um, I'll give you two others. Uh, somehow, someway offensively, Jaden McGowan, is going to be a factor. Uh, he's a quote-unquote small-ish wide receiver. He's probably in the uh, – he, he would feel like a slot guy to you uh, just based on his height. Uh, but I think he can do more on the field. He is uh, freakishly fast, probably one of the fastest guys on the team already as a freshman, uh, a kid out of South Carolina. So uh, number 16, Jaden McGowan, pay attention for him. Uh, again, whether it's this year or in years to come, he's – He's a, pretty, he's a pretty special guy, and he's made an impact already. He's running with the first teams. Um, and, they like, and they like this guy by the name of Darren Agu, and, and we're all kind of working our way through the pronunciation of his last name. It's A-G. Um, but my understanding at the moment is Darren Agu, um, and he's an edge rusher. Uh, he's a guy that was a Notre Dame commit, uh, but kind of got, squishy on spending a couple of years in South Bend. He was um, originally from London, so I think he wanted the Nashville experience that fit him better, uh, and obviously a high academic achiever um, getting into both Notre Dame and Vanderbilt. Um, so they, they like him as an edge rusher. Um, again, whether it's this year that he comes up with five, six, seven, eight sacks, or if it's next year or whatever, but they like his ability to, to change dynamically how people think about Vanderbilt's defense. We talked about it. It's been a tough go. And look, it just, you know, when you're building something, these things take time. But that said, you know, this first game, when we look at the schedule and see the brutal run of the SEC schedule, we look at this game against Hawaii and we say, this is a winnable game for Vanderbilt. Not saying they should win, but this is a game that they can put a W in the column in, in week zero and, and get this thing started off on the right foot. 
when we talk about new additions, Timmy Chang, I was surprised to see that he was hired. The, of course, the former quarterback at Hawaii, he's now there as their head coach, set all these big passing records at Hawaii. Have you started diving into this Hawaii team yet? Do you know anything about what their biggest strengths are? I think the thing that you figure out as you dive into Hawaii is that nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> uh, and and I don't say that maliciously. It's like there's been so much change, not not just with the coaching staff. And it was – First off, if you dive into the Hawaii stuff, it, it is both sad and sadly hysterical. Some of the things happened. Like, it, it got so bad with Todd Graham that they had to hold, uh, like, state assembly meetings discussing player treatment. And parents got up there and talked about how Todd Graham would belittle, like, a player who bought a ukulele and was playing a ukulele. Like, it, it's deeply <laughs> uncomfortable. Wow. Like, if you're, if you're the head coach of Hawaii, probably – uh, don't belittle the ukulele, uh, as it's pronounced out there. Uh, but but there's so much change between Timmy Chang as well as I mean get the I mean get this 53 new players on that roster. Wow. 50% of that roster is new. So not only do you have a coaching staff where the head coach didn't call the plays at Nevada his previous stop. So how do you watch film to figure out an <laughs> offense? if the new head coach didn't even call the plays at the previous stops. Uh, but you've got 53 new players to figure out, and most of them aren't at the key positions. Like, we, I, I mean, I've got no earthly idea who their quarterback is. <laughs> Not even like it's one of two guys. It's one of, like, five or six guys. Um, so it, it's going to be challenging, right? I mean, not only is it a 10-hour flight, time change, um, so on and so forth, uh, but you're going out there and the first quarter is going to be a crapshoot. Like it will test Joey Lynch, the offensive coordinator. It will test Nick Howell, the defensive coordinator for Vanderbilt, their ability uh, to make in-game adjustments. Yeah. Good luck putting that depth chart together for calling the game. I think you're going to be uh... well, I, no idea. <laughs> none, none. like I, I, I laughably sent the SID, like any chance we get an early depth chart, I was trying to prep notes before I left. And it was like, Nah, no, no chance, no chance. We'll hand, we'll hand it to you on game day. <laughs> I guess that's a good sign, though. I mean, look, Vanderbilt. This if that if they have that many questions this close to the start of the season, then I think Vanderbilt should be at least they knew know a lot of their positions. They have a lot of things figured out. So hopefully that that bodes well for the Commodores going on the road. We're talking with Andrew Allegretta, voice of the Vanderbilt Commodores. Anything surprise you about your first year calling SEC football games on a reg, on a regular weekly basis? Uh, good question. I suppose I should should delve into the analysis a little bit better. But the instant reaction is no, not necessarily. Uh, you know, because, uh, you know, Chris, you knew me a little bit from the Tulane days, but I also spent um, eight years at Virginia Tech. And the SEC and the ACC are not the same as their television contracts would imply. However, um, you know, I, I had been around some of the bigger environments and I had kind of you know, Virginia Tech went to Notre Dame, went to Ohio State, played Alabama in the Chick-fil-A kickoff ball back in 2013. So I kind of floated in and around that a little bit. So, I mean, candidly, like it's very it's very special to be a part of these environments. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to the growth of Vanderbilt, not to sound like a company guy, but the, the growth of Vanderbilt, the opportunity of things that we can do here. I mean, I've just, you know, on a, on a off-the-field perspective, you know, I've been able to, very mildly connect with the music industry in town and 
you know, try to try to get them involved in what we're doing with our radio broadcast using, you know, more modern music and all that kind of stuff. So uh, from a from a hyper individualized sense, it's it's been a lot of fun uh, to be around a school that has this backdrop, these avenues to explore different creative options and do it within this league. Um, you know, I know we kind of run our mouth about the, the degree of the league, the city at Vanderbilt, but I mean, for someone that's coming in and that's new and, and you get to explore those opportunities, it's fun. You can kind of make the most out of them. He is Andrew Allegretta, voice of the Vanderbilt Commodores. Andrew, uh, enjoy the tough assignment of returning back to Hawaii and, uh, you know, don't have too much fun out there. Um, we'll be fine. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, thanks again, man. We appreciate it. Take it easy. All right. That is uh, Andrew Allegretta of the uh, Vanderbilt Commodores. Appreciate him uh, joining us and uh, does a fantastic job there. Next, our conversation with Vandy linebacker Anthony Orgy. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. The guy who is uh, hoping for a big, big senior season, Anthony Orgy, linebacker from the Vanderbilt Commodores. What uh, What's your offseason been like for you? Uh, it's been intense, a lot of training, mentally and physically. Uh, we've just been trying to uh, reach our goals this offseason, just trying to get bigger, stronger, faster, and also uh, learn the game more, just trying to learn more ball. So it's been it's been fun. I know you, you led the team with 93 tackles last season, started all uh, 12 games. You were top 12 in the SEC in total tackles. What's a season like that? I mean, is it put wear and tear in your body? Like, what's Sunday like after a big Saturday physical game in the SEC? Yeah, uh, during season, especially Sundays and Mondays, my big focus is recovery. Recovery mentally, recovery physically. So I just want to just get in the training room, get in the cold tub, roll out, stretch, all that. Just make sure any little tweak on my body, I just want to make sure I get it fixed. So uh, recovery is a big thing. And also mental recovery, just like uh, watch the film, learn from it and also just take a break like take small breaks away from ball just uh beating myself a little bit just relax you had some uh, changes on your coaching staff this offseason your position coach linebackers coach nick lazinski what do you like about him so far uh he's intense yeah he's intense uh but i love him already like uh me and him are really close already i go to his office we talk hang out talk we can talk ball we watch film go out to eat as a position group and he's really just been a great addition to the linebacker brotherhood we have so it's great to have him you have a new dc as well and nick howell spent several years in virginia prior to vanderbilt uh what's his system like so far and how different is it from last year it's not too different but i always say ball is ball so maybe different terminology but uh, when it comes down to a ball is ball so it's excited but he's super intense like Never done a pursuit drill that hard that he <laughs> that he's uh, put in, but it's been fun trying to just learning how to just really exhaust yourself playing football. It's been really fun. I look at the projected starters on this defense, and I see a lot of seniors. There's a lot of experience there. Uh, your front seven could be all seniors, several uh, seniors in your secondary too. How much can that experience help you guys this season? Uh, just. It just helps us, like, because we uh, played the game before. So it also helps us teach the young guys when, they're, when they get ready to play so they know uh, what to expect when they enter the game. So just having experience is it's good for us people on the field to, for anticipation, but also to help the younger guys build up for, uh, to get them on the field early as well. You, uh, you played your high school ball at Rockwall just outside Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, what food do you miss most when you're away from home in Texas? Uh, Texas barbecue is always good. <laughs> you can't go wrong with that. What's, uh, what's like what what specifically though? 
I like brisket, but when I'm okay. home because I'm Nigerian, I like I miss my mom's jollof rice. So okay, go wrong with that. Fufu and chicken mm-hmm. stew, and I mean, is that y'all all the traditional Nigerian dishes? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of fufu anymore. My mom's <laughs> gonna get mad because I said that, but yeah, but I like when I eat it. Like when I come home, I'll eat anything my mom cooks. So what's is there good eating in uh, in Nashville? Oh yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's great, great food in Nashville, but not quite like home to me but there's there's a bunch of good spots in Nashville it's been a it's been a rough couple of seasons in your time at Vanderbilt I think I calculated in in the games you've played in three and 22 but wins have been hard to come by what does this team need to do to turn that thing around this year and pull down some more wins I feel like it's a mindset thing just coming to every game just fully believing that you can win the games fully believing you can dominate so just uh, I feel like that mindset is uh, grown this offseason with training mentally and physically so I feel like we're just getting ready to play with a dominant mindset which is going to games uh, attacking not uh, on defense mode you uh, you have some freshmen that could really help you guys this season be some impact guys I heard some good things about linebacker Daniel Martin in the spring what did you see from him yeah that's my guy uh, I love him he's uh, he's exciting to watch exciting to uh, watch play just seeing him learn the game more and more and uh, really feeling, fill out his body with uh, off-season training with the strength staff. It's just exciting to see. Uh, he can really be, uh, really be a force for us uh, next year and in the upcoming year. So I'm really excited to see him play. You're, uh, it, it, you also have a transfer coming in from Clemson, a guy who's playing a lot of big games in, in Kane Patterson. What did you see out of him? Uh, he's intense too. Strong, big, strong guy. Can move. Uh, loves to hit so just he brings a new intensity to the linebacker room new mindset uh just love having him around and he knows ball he's an older guy like me so just having him around to pick his brain get i guess uh, uh pick my brain just talking ball has been a great opportunity to have him talking with uh vanderbilt linebacker anthony orgy your older brother you got to play with these past seasons he got his degree decided to transfer to campbell to finish his football career are you gonna miss having him around yeah I mean, I've gone to my gone to school with at least one of my brothers since all my life, except for eighth grade. So <laughs> it's gonna be weird not having a brother right next to me. But uh, I'm excited for him. It's a great opportunity for him, and I do miss. I'm gonna miss playing with him, but uh, I'm excited to see what he does, at Campbell. What do you like most about Coach Clark Lee so far? I just like that he's a Vanderbilt guy, so he's been in our shoes directly. So you can really see that uh, he's really focusing on the players. Like he's a we're a players guy, so in my opinion, he's one of the greatest linebacker minds in the country. So just being able to pick his brain uh, about ball just has been a great opportunity for me. He he does seem like he brings that intensity and and uh, obviously a lot of great defensive uh, experience throughout his time uh, in, in his career and all that. Um, I saw in your bio you played in the school orchestra all through middle school. What what uh, instrument did you play? Yeah, I played viola from fifth grade to eleventh grade. Wow. So. Yeah, that was fun. I liked. I think I was pretty good. I couldn't serenade <laughs> anyone, but uh, I could hold my own within the within the orchestra. But that was fun. Do you? Does it sound okay playing just solo though? Uh, other people sound okay when they play solo. <laughs> uh, I can't say the same, but uh, yeah, I'll just stick to playing with the group. That's uh, that's too funny. Uh, I, like I said, you, we talked about it earlier. You're a Nigerian American. I read your family was not very familiar with football when you and your brother were younger. What turned you guys on to playing football? Yeah, it was actually one of my friends in kindergarten. He like he just said he was playing on this team called the Rockwall Jackets uh, youth team. So he's like, "Yeah, you should come, you should come out." Because I was always the biggest guy in school. So he's like, "You should come out." I was like, "Okay." 
remember my first flag football game, like I, it said hut, and I just stood and watched everyone just run. I had no clue what was happening then. Games went by, years went by, and I just learned to love ball. I was actually the first uh, out of my family to play, start playing football. Like I started playing football for my other bro- older brother, and he started the year after me. So, and then we all just got into it and never looked back. Would you? Did y'all ever play? Was it was soccer a big deal before y'all y'all turned on the football? Nah, we were just uh, <laughs> big school guys. Just loved uh, loved reading books. That's what's we important, like, you know, though, yeah. right? It's all about getting an education. Oh yeah, we still we still love reading books and all that, but. Uh, yeah, we also love ball now, too, so that's good. Uh, a quick thought on what you saw from the offense. Obviously, having some experienced guys back there, you know, Mike Wright, and, you know, has been had some ni- made some nice plays on the field at times and a little bit of a quarterback battle there. But what, what have you seen from the offense so far? Uh, they're electric. Like, they can just come at you and make plays. we got guys with Mike, uh, the Cheeks running back, Will Shepard, our receiver, and our line has some experience, too. So I'm just excited to see them dominate. I know this spring they've, They've been real. They've been attacking us like this. This they were attacking us this spring. So it's exciting to see that uh, real uh, dominant uh, an offense with a dominant mindset. So I'm excited to see them play in the fall. You guys start the season off before a lot of other people do, and you get to take a road trip out to Hawaii. It's it's a cool trip to make, but it's also kind of like, man, you're going. It's a business trip. So like you don't even really get to enjoy Hawaii. Have you ever been? I've never been, but I feel like we can still enjoy Hawaii because we're going to play football, not just – so I can't – wherever we go, just have the opportunity to play ball. That's always fun. So I yeah. know a bunch of guys decided to go to Hawaii for like, oh, we can go to the beach, all that. Like, uh, well, I want to play ball. So. <laughs> you kind of like that, though, playing a week earlier than everybody else? Uh, yeah, it's kind of fun. All eyes on you. So it's a good, it's a good opportunity. It's just exciting. Uh, I think everyone wishes they could play a little early, so it's good to have the opportunity to – play sooner playing at, at home uh obviously there's times where, where the fan support is great and there's times where some opposing fan bases they bring their rowdy fans in how important is it to get ramp that fan support up even more and and, and get your home field advantage and, and have it make a difference uh yeah that's important i think uh fans come from success so we just focus on playing at the highest level we can so then the fans will come so we never really focus on the crowd it's great to have, but we just really want to uh, focus on us, do what we can do to play the highest level teams, play ball. Anthony Orgy, uh, linebacker for the Vanderbilt Commodores. Thanks so much for the time. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. We got you fully ready for Vandy at Hawaii. Our thanks to Anthony Orgy. Our thanks to Andrew Allegretta. We'll be back on Monday. It'll officially be game week in the SEC. We'll recap what Vandy does out in Hawaii. And, of course, we'll be getting you set for the Thursday night game with Tennessee in action. And then all the rest of the SEC happening on Saturday. We'll have LSU on Sunday night against Florida State. So we got tons of stuff to discuss throughout the week. Make sure you're subscribed and watching us either on YouTube or listening to the podcast version wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, we're, wherever you are, we got your teams every day covered right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And again, thank you for making us your first listen every day. You can go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great podcasts all along the podca- Locked On Podcast Network covering everything from Auburn to Texas A&M to Florida to Georgia, Alabama. We got you covered. Just search Locked On in your favorite school and you'll find that podcast. I'm Chris Gordy. You guys have an awesome week zero weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Getting it into SEC Game Week.